Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jerry Lopez filling in for Hammer. We'll go to the hotline and bring on Tony Kennett, host of the Kennett cast. Weeknights here at 7 o'clock on 93 WIBC. Also investigative reporter for Daily Signal. Any number of places we could start, Tony. I do want to get an update on Butler University and their sort of this DEI investigation into college Republicans. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. I'm I'm still fascinated by what they were dubbed on Twitter as the Poison Ivies. These uh, Ivy League presidents that were called before uh, this congressional committee to condemn anti-Semitism on their their college campuses, and they couldn't do it. Remember this a couple of weeks ago? Oh, it's 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 my favorite because uh, already the thin veneer of success uh, that these universities had suffered under kind of the disillusionment from Americans over the last couple of decades has finally worn off completely. And, I mean, it's not even a double standard at this point. It's like some kind of quantum triple standard that this university is living under. Yeah, it's like uh, if if you use the wrong pronoun on one of these Ivy League campuses, that's grounds for dismissal. But they these presidents could not condemn anti-Semitism or uh, the calls for genocide of the Israelis. They said, well, it depends on the context. Well, remember, I mean, you've got – you have a – Kyle Cashev, a survivor of the Parkland shooter or the Parkland Parkland shooting, um, who uh, used the N word in a Google Doc when he was 14, and yet they have students there that are using the K slur for Jewish students, oh, yeah. and they're they're totally fine. So I mean, one gets suspended <laughs> or, or canceled, the other one is I guess promoted on campus. It's really weird. It is strange. And Claudine Gay, she is the Har- she's, she's the president over there at Harvard, right? Uh, the old clown-in-chief, yes. She has been accused now of plagiarism as president of Harvard, in addition to not all-out condemning anti-Semitism. Again, she was the one of the ones that said, well, you know, when they're talking about Jenna, it's got to be in context. Are they directing it towards somebody, an individual, or blah, blah, blah. And up until a couple of weeks ago, it was like, it, it was like a right-wing plot to dethrone her. Like Obama was on board, like had had encouraged the the board of Harvard to keep her, and now it's like it's in mainstream meat. Like I'll give you a couple of headlines: The New York Times, why Claudine Gay should go, The Atlantic, fess up, withdrawal, reflect, Washington Post, Harvard's Claudine Gay should resign. What do you think's going on here now? Well, first of all, uh, what what everyone should pay attention to is this is why you don't let up. So Chris Rufo is a good friend of mine. Um, I worked with him through the Indianapolis public school situation that I that I dealt with. And the, the key that everyone needs to understand is that you don't let up. Because at first, again, it, he, was, he brought this out and he's like, look, you know, she plagiarized on her doctoral thesis and her dissertation. Wait, who's, who's Chris Rufo? Chris Rufo, uh, formerly of the Manhattan Institute, is a conservative investigator um, who basically looks at a lot of kind of faux standards in academia and exposes them in public. He's done a lot of work on critical race theory on DEI. Uh, I think he's on the board of education down in Florida. So he's, he's a very 
uh, astute mind when it comes to exposing a lot of uh, junk. Okay. That, again, is double standard stuff. I, I think we would agree that over the past, I don't know, 10 years, there's been this uh, this pivot away from secondary education. And do you think that colleges have always been operating the way that they're operating now that we're all aware of, that they've always done this? Or do you think this has been a new push? Uh, in a way, it's, it's, it's kind of neither. Uh, a lot of this stuff came out of pseudo-academia. So there's this weird myth in American society that in Berkeley, like the left and the right, like totally communicated man, and there was like <laughs> political conversations happening, and that's bullcrap. So in the 50s and 60s and 70s, around the time that Americans were running around saying, hey, you know, there are Marxists in this country, you had all of these kids that were going to colleges and then traveling abroad and then listening to people like Paulo, Paulo Freire, who is a Marxist theorist from Brazil, and then came back home to the States and, guess what, operated as Marxist agents in universities. I don't mean Marxist agents like they were taking orders from the Soviet Union or China. No. I mean they truly believe in the tenets of Marxism and of this racial theory dynamic. And they taught that at universities. And that is what grew the next class of academics at universities. And by the way, this isn't me saying this. This is Dr. Gloria Ladson-Billings, one of the head education professors from the University of Wisconsin. Like, I'm citing her history of critical race theory and education. So, really, this came through the 70s, 80s, and the 90s, which is what you heard back when CRT was broken about, was that, oh, it's a legal theory from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, that's, that's where it started, and it was this legal theory that said everything needs to be based on race. So to answer your question, Jerry, colleges have been operating this way for 40 or 50 years, but it's taken this long for a lot of American society, which just kind of like, you let the pencil pushers go. They're going to do what they do, just stay out of it. It wasn't until those teachers started teaching in American classrooms and ruining entire swaths of kids and making all of the media that they consume – that parents finally stood up and were like, you know what, this is, why are we funding this? <laughs> my, my kids yeah. learning that I'm some kind of racial oppressor. My kids like, we're not even white. It, do, it, <laughs> amazing. it does seem like there's been a huge pushback. People that previously went to these colleges and now are hedge fund billionaires pulling their checks to these colleges unless they get rid of some of the presidents that refuse to condemn anti-Semitism and calls for genocide on their campus. Here's, here's a unique perspective on this. There's a reason this took so long, because a lot of these donors knew this was going on for a long time. It just wasn't fashionable to pull your money out. Let me explain. You guys have seen the movie Hoosiers, yeah? Of course, of course. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal movie. After you got done watching Hoosiers, how did you feel about Indiana high school basketball? Oh, I loved it. I was fired up. Yeah, you have like a yeah, there's a burning passion in your heart like, yeah, those are my Hoosiers schools. That's right. Those are our basketball <laughs> programs. And that's how we feel or how we felt for a long time about our universities. I mean, goodness gracious, have you seen Purdue and IU signs in the yards of Hoosiers that are out here? I mean, they're everywhere. Man. We are very possessive of our universities. And so for a long time, and I'll say the decades between, uh, let's say 1982 or 1983 to about a year and a half ago, it was basically taboo to criticize uh, your local university or your local school. After all, that's where you went. After all, that's who you watch on TV. That's some good boys, some good girls and some good <laughs> teachers. We love that school. But finally, once the bubble popped, you realize, whoa, wait, what do you mean Indiana University has a sex institute that studies pedophilia? Not like <laughs> condemning and hunting down pedophiles, but, you know, experimenting yeah. on children sexually. Oh, my God, we're funding that? Wait, what do you mean Butler University is 
uh, investigating Republicans for condemning anti-Semitism. What is this filth? And once the veneer pops, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, but, you know, I, once you pull back the rot, it's kind of hard to forget that you've seen it. One more question before we get to the update about Butler University. There was a story about how elite schools are now looking to court rural Americans. And here is journalist, I believe we've had her on our program before, Bataya Ungar-Sargon on that. I want to play this clip for you here. It's always nice to see rural America getting a little attention, getting a little recognition. There are a lot of Einsteins being left behind in the ghetto, in rural America, in places where the elites, the white progressive elites, don't go looking um, for people to compete with. So on the one hand, it's great that they are recognizing how much potential there is being left on the table there. On the other hand, this comes back to this idea that Obama started, that you have to have a college degree in order to deserve the American dream. It is nonsense. We give $150 billion a year to higher education and just $1 billion to vocational school, trade mm-hmm. schools. Why are we not investing in that? Why are we not investing in the people who are working the jobs that we actually need people to do? Tony Kenneth, that was from Fox News, and uh, she was speaking about elite schools looking to court rural Americans. What do you think? Uh, I think a few things. Number one, I... I I don't want Harvard and the Ivy Leagues and yeah. all of those to be poaching the Einsteins from this part of the state. Yes. Uh, I, told, I told my wife this. So we, we have uh, a daughter, and we're getting ready to have another kid on the way here in a couple days. Congratulations. I, thank you very much. My wife and I have, are in, of the position that we really hope that unless our kids want to be a doctor, lawyer, or go into education, um, we really hope they don't go to college because those who work in trades are – uh, often happier by the metric data, uh, their their work and their vocational uh, usage pays quite a bit more, and they're also a succinct value to their community. I'm sorry, I don't care how many social degrees you have; it is a much <laughs> less it is much less likely that you will be considered a value valuable and integral part of your community than if you're the mechanic turning wrenches. And I, that's so. That's the first part. I will kind of hazard a caution here. There's two ways to do the trades. There's deregulational trade vocation, and then there's like Mitch Daniels, Greg Holcomb style trade vocation stuff. So I don't want the trades to be made into college. That's a, that is a mistake. So That's kind of what Greg made, Mitch Daniels did, didn't he? Yeah, this is this is what Vincennes absolutely screwed the pooch on. I've never talked about Vincennes on the air. I don't think anyone's ever talked about Vincennes on the air. But here you go, Vincennes University collegeized. Uh, the trade education, where you Mm. brought in a bunch of guys who Mm. literally just needed a mentor, a master of the trade, to bring them alongside day after day and teach them the trade. Instead, you have a bunch of, like, we're professizing our trades education, where now it's like going and getting a degree, but now you're graduating with, like, an HVAC degree. And the apprenticeship, trade, fellow craft, and then the master-style degree is... We're just getting away from proper Interesting. trade education. Interesting. Can I ask you to stick around? I want to get an update on what's going on with Butler University here. Absolutely. Tony Kennett on the line. We'll be right back. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Back with Tony Kennett, host of the Kennett Cast weeknights at 7 o'clock, also investigative reporter for Daily Signal. Uh, one of the things you've been working on is Butler University's investigation into college Republicans. We've got about uh, three minutes left here. If you could reset that and what uh, Representative Jim Banks had to say. So uh, Butler University's Students for Justice in Palestine chapter 
which is a pro-Hamas uh, organization that has uh, been banned from several universities around the country. And by the way, when I mean banned, I mean they're not allowed to receive university funds or wow. be officially recognized by the university. I don't mean they're like expelled from campus. But this student group uh, at Butler decided to host a pro-Hamas protest days after the rape and beheading and slaughter of over 1,200 Israelis. And uh, the chants at this protest, which I covered for WIBC and Daily Signal, were really gross. They included two different kinds of ethnic chants, and the college Republican chapter at Butler condemned them and said, hey, this kind of violates Butler's non-discrimination policy for student organizations, and uh, also ethnic cleansing chants are kind of bad, you know? (laughs) And uh, Butler, go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, not at all. So Butler University made the decision to investigate the college Republican chapter uh, at the what looks like the request of Azure Swinford, who is a Title IX coordinator, and uh, which that has a lot of problems in it, uh, and I'll, I'll explain why in a second. Uh, but they investigated the Butler College Republicans for at least now six, seven weeks uh, with no word as to how the investigation was going. Um, this could mean that the college Republican chapter gets banned from campus. Is, is hey, it, hey, is, t- hey, Tony, quick question. Why did they investigate them? Did they investigate them for they, filing a complaint? Yeah. Yeah. That, so uh, the Azure Swinford cites that, um, I guess, by condemning the pro-Hamas chants, that is inciting violence against Muslims <laughs> wow. and Palestinian students on campus. So I did not allow you to call me a racial slur, and therefore I am victimizing you. Well, it's not even not allowing you to call. It's, it's saying, hey, look, I don't like it. I mean, they didn't call for the students to be expelled for chanting ethnic slurs. They said, look, as a student organization, you cannot openly endorse racial slurs and continue to take money and perks from the university. I mean, I can say that I'm part of a student organization, but like only official student organizations can actually get perks from the university. So they have to have policies so that those organizations meet a certain standard. I mean, fraternities and sororities have been experiencing this, like, forever. So as far as Butler University, very, very wild. Well, the problem is Butler takes federal money. So they say they're a private college, but as the Title IX coordinator indicates, they're taking federal dough. And Jim Banks wants to know, hey, since you're taking federal money, he, sitting on the education committee, wants to know a little more about how they're handling this discrimination investigation, because if they're not handling it right – they might find themselves uh, sitting before Congress. So hey, Tony, said, hey, um, we we, we got to leave it there. You can find out more at DailySignal.com. You have some great reporting up there. You can read the letter that Jim Banks sent, Butler University. And we can find out more tonight uh, at 7 o'clock on the Tony Kinnett cast. Find him at the Tonus on Twitter. Tony Kinnett, killer stuff as always, man. Have a great new year, and congratulations on the uh, the new addition to the family. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.